0: .com and from listener donations at wjffradio.org support for radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon theater an updated vintage movie theater with new releases film festivals nostalgic screenings live music events and more information and schedule at the com. the girls at school
1: didn't like playing with Clementine. She
2: rough-housed like a boy and didn't like to talk about clothes or horses. Sometimes she liked to sit inside for the entire lunch hour and read a book rather than play with other
1: children. Odd Girl Out, this week on Selected Shorts.
0: Sunday night at 6. 6.
3: Good morning and welcome to Catskill Character. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg. My guest today is painter and community activist Juan Espino. Juan immigrated to Wayne County, Pennsylvania from Mexico in 1988. We're going to discuss his kind of community activism, painting, and art naïve. Juan, I'm so happy to have you here today on Catskill Character. Thank you so much for coming in.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you.
3: Thank you. You are originally from the state of Michoacan. One of the things Michoacan is famous for is the Monarch Butterfly Sanctuary. Would you please tell the audience your experience about being at the Monarch Butterfly Sanctuary?
2: This is kind of magic experience I had. The town where the sanctuary is is. Ocampo, close to Cittacuaro, that's an old city in the state of Michoacan. This particular day, it was a very great cloudy morning, everything was cold and in some point a beam of light is coming and with the beam of light this huge magnificent explosion of color came to my eyes. Mm. All of the butterflies just start flying, leaving the tree where was the sanctuary when they stay. I cannot forget this experience, stay forever in my life the beauty of the monarch mm. butterfly.
3: It's so interesting, isn't it, about the monarchs? They fly down there, but it's not the same ones that leave the Catskills. They go somewhere else and they lay eggs. And then that next generation starts flying. I don't remember how many generations it is that finally arrive.
2: Many years ago, I watched a program about that. And I'm very sure that they start all the journal from Canada, right, yes. to different parts in Mexico as the point of destination. Yeah. But they have different stops all the way in uh, what's amazing and miraculous is that almost is the same pattern and no one of these magnificent creatures survive right more like a few days of flight and the next one and the next mm. one. This is something I cannot understand.
3: Yeah, it is it's miraculous. Yes. Did you ever try to paint that, Juan? I would think that it would be almost impossible
2: I didn't try because I have seen so much beautiful artwork about butterflies that I feel really compelled to let the butterflies in the beauty that they are alone.
3: Okay. You are not only a painter, but also a community activist. And to me, you really embody what being a community activist is. It's someone who works diligently to make their community a better place. When you were living in Mexico, you certainly did this and you certainly do it here. What do you think it is that drives you to want to make wherever it is that you are a better place?
2: The only way to answer your question is to refer to my family. My father and my mother from my childhood, I saw how much dedication they put in the community to try to Make a better place to live. In those days, my little hometown didn't have any kind of emergency service in healthcare.
3: Emergency services, yeah. okay.
2: My father and my mother, with two doctors and another friend, was the founders of what you could call the Red Cross delegation. So, it was any accident, my father right away will take his car and go to give some help, pick it up. Whoever has the accident, go to the hospital, and the doctors will start working over there. My mother, Raywell, will go to try to help as a nurse. As nurse, okay. she will help in all the community over yeah. there. So he was dedicated to this particular thing. My father was very involved in working to try to make possible the distribution of the land in the agrarian reform 1938 to 1946. And uh, I saw a lot of samples how they served to the community, even I am a member of the International Rotary Club in Hawley. And it's because my father was a charter member of the International oh. Rotary Club in Ciudad Hidalgo, Michoacán, And the Rotary Club is one of those organizations, community-oriented, to help all around the world.
3: That's amazing. So really, you saw your parents serving the community from the time you were a child, and it just seems like the natural thing to do for you.
2: Donna, I think so, because I never thought twice Right. I can help something, somebody or in something. After I retired my work as a corporate attorney, I went back to my town. And trying to give something on memory of my father, I became involved in different plans to try to improve the town in different things, social, cultural activities in town. I have stories to tell.
3: Could you tell maybe one of them?
2: <laughs> it's, it's difficult for me to make a short story, yeah. but I, I will tell you, I was very happy to be part of some group of young people in those days who transform completely a town of 19,000 today is 250,000 people with universities, college. And I feel in some way very humble that at least this group of young people from the 1980s we create that a huge change.
3: you did tell me a very interesting story about sitting in some commissioner's office one time and he got called out because They had discovered something, and he said, Juan, do you want to come with me? And you said, sure. The two of you went running down, and why don't I let you tell the rest of the story?
2: It was in 1964. The company I worked, it was the largest construction company in Latin America. The main construction project was the subway. El the subway. Ah. The second largest was the sewer system of Mexico City. Plus, they was working in restoration and stabilization of some of the historical buildings, like the Cathedral in Mexico City, the, the National Palace, uh, like the National Fine Art Palace. And another of the extraordinary colonial buildings they were restoring was el palacio de los condes de santiago de calimaya that's the palace of the counts of santiago de calimaya from 1540s to 1560s Mm. all colonial building that through the years became an habitational uh place for people uh with very low financial resources People owned that, they rented rooms and mm-hmm. the room was lack of light, uh, uh, running water. So it was very oh. difficult in those days. Yeah. So the company was restoring that because at this point the building was planning to be, and today is the museum of the Mexico City, mm-hmm. El Museo de la Ciudad de Mexico. So I'm talking with the engineer in charge of this restoration of the building when somebody is coming to give a notice that they found something that could be archaeological or historical value. I went with them and it was so surprised to see for first time the works of Joaquin Plausel is one of the most extraordinary Mexican Impressionists what they saw is Joaquin Clausel and starving artist painting his paintings first in the wall and later he started painting on canvas because he didn't have opportunity to avoid afford to the canvas. The, oh
3: my goodness, he couldn't afford the, the canvas, yes. so he was actually painting on the wall and they found this wall with all of his little paintings. And the
2: wall today is preserved oh, by good. the museum exactly in the place that it was.
3: That's amazing. Well, you know, I think this is a good place to take a little break. And when we come back, I want to talk about your painting and the kind of painting that you do. Okay? Thank you. I'm Donna Fillenberg here today on Catskill Character with my guest Juan Espino from Hawley, Pennsylvania. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk with Juan about Art naive. listening to Radio Catskill and do you know digital? WJFF is seeking volunteers to help execute our social media and website strategies. Experience is appreciated but training is also available. Be part of your community radio station. Join the digital team at Radio Catskill. Contact
1: manager at WJFFradio.org
0: WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello, your community radio station.
3: You're tuned in to Catskill Character and WJFF Radio Catskill. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today is painter and community activist Juan Espino. Let's get back to it. Would you tell the audience what Art Naive is?
2: I have to mention that I didn't know about that. I
3: know. So anyway. <laughs> I wish I had written down the name of the person who I'm um,
2: quoting. I, maybe I'm um, just, yes, I agreed to be the leader in my very, very small community trying <laughs> to encourage to paint. You know, Art Naive is, is the first simple manifestation of art. The name Art Naive came at the time when Henri Rousseau called,
3: Henri Rousseau, yeah.
2: we call the creator of this movement. It was, uh, 1860, 1870. He was exhibiting his first pieces of Art Naive. Art Naive is exactly the same approach that we call folk art, but the different in Between four cards is more unconventional and produced in unique pieces. Uh, normally, to define our naive is something very simple. The painters we call academics, academic painters, they paint with the brain.
3: They paint what?
2: With the brain. With
3: the brain, oh, okay.
2: We naive painters, we paint with the soul.
3: Oh, that makes perfect sense. That's a
2: very big difference. So, different factors make possible to find exactly what's naive. Naive is the lack of training of the artists. They never have a formal training in art as painters. Second, the lack of perspective. Almost all the paints are plain. The rules of perspective don't apply to them.
3: So it's flat? Flat.
2: Third, the use of basic colors. Because the naive artists paint exactly with the soul. And you can use any color. And more important is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Normally, when you see a painting, you see any story that's telling to you. Now, Paint Naive is very close to childlike painting with all the details that a child is putting together to produce to the viewer a joy, some happiness to see all those bright colors and forms and signs that make everything together to become a very nice piece to enjoy
3: would you say that there's something magical, almost, about that kind of painting?
2: I, I would say that not only is, is magical, but is, I have seen something so interesting in my paintings. Uh, many times I see young fellows, children, six, seven years old, to look at my painting and start having fun. You know, uh, looking the colors, the horses, the people, and start pointing and talking with their parents about that. And when I saw a smiling a smile in the parents and the children, I think that really is the best way to receive a reward for my work.
3: Do you know the first time I ever saw any of your work was on a gift that I got from my friend June? who lives at the Forest Lake Club, and she gave me this fabulous coffee mug, and on it was painted the main building of the Forest Lake Club, and all of the people from one end to the other doing different things. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so fantastic. And then I found out, that you were the artist. And I was like, oh my God, I have to meet this man. And here we are sitting here today, and I'm so thrilled.
2: Well, allow me, it's, it's, it's a pleasure for me to be with you, Donna, because you have so much sensitivity to art and to human beings that make a very easy connection to talk about without any pressure, anything oh, things of so free talking. <laughs> you are. Absolutely was oh, thank wonderful. you wonderful.
3: so much so um let's get back to you enough about me. let's talk about you, <laughs> besides the paintings that are hanging in the looking glass gallery i've also seen at the Holly Silk mill, and these are incredibly these huge canvases that you've done, and it just occurred to me now it must take a whole different set of skills to do. The little, the paintings, the smaller paintings that you do, and you translate that onto those huge canvases. How do you do that?
2: Well, I, I, I'm so surprised. Uh, I did that, but it's the same thing. So if you take a look, the only is the size of the painting. But the content, the, contain the content, of the, content yeah. of the painting is exactly the same, the same way to express. So it will take a little more time, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the product is there and is the way that I'm trying to do a few things through my paintings, preserve history, and at the same time, give to the viewer some kind of joy to see how history is agrable.
3: You're very interested in painting beautiful old architectural structures and I know you've done a lot of the buildings down in Milford. Yes. You told me a story about painting the Hotel for share. Yes. I, and I, I wish you would tell the audience that story and how you, I don't want to say, I don't want to give it away. So you painted the hotel and then the owner saw the painting and what happened next?
2: Well, uh, I was so interested to learn about the historic town on Milford. So always it's amazing to learn history through the people who make the change. And Clifford Pinchot was one of those.
3: Clifford Pinchot? Clifford Pinchot. Mm -hmm.
2: The founder of the National Forest Service, and he was instrumental to create the National Park Service organization at the time of President Teddy Roosevelt. So... One of my early trips to learn my new area where I'm living was the Great Towers. I was impressed of the summer home of the Pincho family, but I was more impressed with all the different things that he made for his community. I put in mind one day to try to make a painting and I did the Great Towers. And after that, I started working with another historic building in Milford, basically called the Forest Hall. That was the first school of forestry in 1904, created by Governor Pinchot. In those days, it was Clifford Pinchot. And after that, I continued learning about the history, and I painted the columns of the community building that was the for is the former library. And continuing doing that at this point the restoration of the Hotel Foucher was coming through Sean Straw. So in one of the opportunities I have to talk with him, I told him about I was painting his building because an historic building in my point of view, very humble, deserve at least to
3: at least one it. painting, right? One
2: painting. <laughs> and we talk about different topics. And uh, when the painting was ready, Sean looked at it and he liked it. And the painting is hanging in the walls uh, of uh, the hotel for sure.
3: But he wanted to buy it, right?
2: Well, yes. And uh, Sean, if you are listening to me, you have for 99 years a loan of this painting <laughs> okay it's our deal
3: right so you didn't want to sell it but you gave him the painting on loan for as long as he's there yes. with us. that's fantastic. absolutely yes well you know uh, we don't have much time left but i wanted to mention that you and your wonderful wife millie instrumental in you promoting Your own paintings because you had the Looking Glass Art Gallery right there in Hawley on Main Street for many years, and you just kept forgetting to show your own to do a show for your own paintings. And she kept pushing you, and thank God she did. But the two you two have uh, two wonderful sons, and there's a funny story about your son Jean Pierre, who when he got out of high school told you he wanted to go into the Marines. And what did you tell him?
2: Well. Let me uh, go back a little bit, Donna. We relocated over here to the United States to try to give them a different opportunity in the land of their mother. And Miller was very happy to come back. She's from Brooklyn and she loves, we love this country. So when we arrive straight from Mexico, my kids attend high school. At this point, I learned so much about the education system over here, and the Golden Park School District has one of the best school districts in the state of Pennsylvania. I was very proud that my kids went over there. So the years passed very fast, and now my older son is graduating from high school and the first thing is coming to tell me that I want to enlist in the Marines. It was a big surprise for me. Mm. I really didn't...
3: He was a fantastic student.
2: He was a good student. Yeah. And I told him, listen, we didn't relocate over here. That you became a soldier. You want to be a soldier? Yes. You can do that. But first... I will suggest you to go to college. Get some certificate. I really, I don't care what certificate you will like to have, but I need more education for you. I'm suggesting you have more education. And after that, you can do whatever please to be. You are you. So he attend a community college, came with his certificate, and he said, tomorrow, I'm um, enlisted in the Marines. I say, go ahead. Go for God it. bless you. Go <laughs> for it. So he became my hero. And by the way, very humble, I will say, he served this country in the Iraq War, Operation freedom. And he served with high distinction. He has ski decorations. And uh, he served for eight years in the Marines. And today he's working for the Department of Justice and is a happy father of two beautiful granddaughters
3: yes wonderful well, upon i i just want to thank you for raising such wonderful sons and i want to but thank allow you
2: allow me allow oh. me to jump in this conversation okay. it would be no fair if i don't mention your jason your son
3: of course another, you're a good dad
2: <laughs> in some way he will he will learn about this interview uh, and he will say what what am Felt I, chopping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason is the younger one. He fulfilled my dreams in a matter of education. After he graduated from high school, his stronger decision was to be an archaeologist. And it reminded me that for many, many times when he was a boy, I have the opportunity to travel and to visit almost all the archaeological sites in Mexico. And he learned about that the love for history and archaeology yeah. that he went to be an archaeologist. At this point he is an archaeologist uh with his masters and he has worked in, in archaeology for almost 15 years and his work has been well recognized, uh, I will say, very humble. He just hit the piñata, I call that, (laughs) hit the piñata when he discovered a Paleolithic Indian settlement near to Pittsburgh that was very well publicized. In some point, he was a vice president of the... Pennsylvania archeology Society in very early age that really made me feel proud about the son and he continued working very hard in archaeology
3: that's beautiful you know it's interesting because you were so influenced by your father and mother doing community service and that he was very influenced by you because you took him to all of these wonderful places in Mexico so it's kind of like what goes around comes around yes,
2: absolutely
3: Thank you so much for coming in, and, and thank you for making our lives a le- just a little bit more magical, Juan. Thank you so much.
2: It has been a pleasure, Donna. There are more things to do. Yes, I absolutely. Just, I will say, our mission is not over. Every single day, we have something new to explore, something new to try to do, and something new to accomplish. Thank you, Donna. Thank you. Today is one of those days. Oh,
3: that's great. Thank you, Juan. You've been listening to Catskill Character with today's guest, Juan Espino, painter, community activist, and beautiful person. Juan's website is at lookingglassartgallery.com.
0: This is Donna Fellenberg. Thanks for listening. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. Support for WJFF comes from Two Queens, offering coffee, tea, and bees, located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. TwoQueensCoffee.com. And from listener donations at WJFFradio.org.
1: I'm Barb Demarest with the WJFF Community Calendar. The Lake Jeff Conservation Association holds a sale of gently used books, games, records, and CDs this Saturday and Sunday starting at 10 a.m. at the Jeffersonville Bake Shop on Route 52. The Time and Valleys Museum hosts an online presentation on mysterious stone sites in the Hudson Valley with Linda Zimmerman on Sunday, January 24th at 2 p.m. The Western Sullivan Public Library offers a weekly craft kit for children that can be picked up at all branches. The library also offers art therapy coloring projects for adults. All supplies last. For information on these and more community announcements, go to our website, WJFradio.org and click the community tab. We're Radio Catskill, keeping you connected.
0: Support comes from the Homestead School, Glens Bay, New York. Montessori education and life skills for preschool through eighth grade on an 85-acre campus with farm animals. Award-winning solar-powered alternative since 1978. Homesteadschool.com.
1: Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Never Sink General Store, featuring an award-winning chef, smoked barbecue year-round, local products, and catering. Now offering takeout. NeverSinkGeneralStore.com. And from listeners like you. That's Catherine McClellan. She's singing her dad's song, "Snowbird," made famous by Anne Murray. Her whole release is people singing Gene McClellan songs. And on the next book, plus compilations, all songs by the same person. Could, you know that That's next Sunday at 4.
3: WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Montreal.